your eyes and imagine the smell of rain on morning earth, fresh brewed chai, blooming peonies in a well-tended garden. Can you see it? Almost taste it? We use our senses to create home, the place where we feel joy and belonging. In life's journey, what we think of as our home evolves. We build new homes from our dreams, sacrifices, and journeys of miles and years. And for Indianapolis immigrants, home goes by many names. I'm Erica Irish, and in this podcast by the Indianapolis Public Library, we're learning what home means to Indy's immigrant community. Through their diverse lived experiences, we'll see how, rather than exchanging an old home for a new one, immigrants create a powerful new idea. That home is so much more than a place. Welcome, Hiba, to the More Than a Place podcast. It's so wonderful to meet you, and I know we have a lot to unpack today. You've done so much for our community. You're a philanthropist. You've been part of Muslim advocacy and interfaith organizations. You were featured in a documentary recently. Um, Hiba, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience and say who you are today at this point in time? Thank you, Erica. Um, such a pleasure uh, to be uh, with you today. Uh, my name is Hiba Al-Alami. I am originally from Jordan the Middle East. I came uh, to the United States 20 years ago. I immigrated with my husband, um, who was seeking uh, post-doctoral uh, uh, studies in medicine, and we started a family here in the U.S. Um, it has been an, uh, an interesting and rewarding journey um, of self-discovery and um, growth. Um, we have three children. My oldest is 20. He is a sophomore student at Purdue. I have, uh, my middle child is um, a senior in high school and my youngest is 11 years old. I um, moved for from Cleveland, Ohio to Jacksonville, Florida. And, uh, you know, when my husband was looking for um, a job, uh, we decided to um, relocate to Indiana, specifically uh, the greater Indianapolis area. Uh, and that was in 2007. So it's over um, wow. then 15 years ago. And um, I, decided to go back to school. I went for my graduate degree in nonprofit management from O'Neill School of Public and Environmental Affairs. And after I uh, graduated, I wanted to give back to my Muslim community. So I worked um, with the Muslim in the Muslim nonprofit sector for the last 10 years. The first five years with the Islamic Society of North America, making an impact on the national level. And um, in 2017, when the Indiana Muslim Advocacy Network opened its doors, I joined as the inaugural executive director. And uh, it has been a very thrilling and uh, fulfilling journey with the organization. Uh, it's still uh, near and dear to my heart. Um, 
last May, I stepped down because I got accepted in the American Studies PhD program at IUPUI School of Liberal uh, Arts. And I knew that I would not uh, be able mm -hmm. to <laughs> um, juggle too many things. Um, so here I am. Um, I am. Uh, I started um, working with the League of Women Voters of Indiana as their uh, research and development director, and my dissertation. Um, will focus on the history um, and impact of the League of Women Voters of Indiana over Amazing. the last century. So, um, you know, that's uh, 20 years in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and to start more recent, this development of your dissertation, choosing to um, examine American studies, what became your motivation to study this topic um, and make that your focus right now? Yeah, this is a great question. So I have a graduate degree in American studies from University of Jordan before coming to the U.S. And um, at that time, uh, just I was so hungry to learn about the U.S., about uh, the culture, about the political system, about everything America. Um, and it was a different perspective because I was an outsider. Um, right. 20 years forward, um, here I am. I have been um, living here in the U.S., understanding, um, you know, things, how things work here. And because I worked with the Indiana Muslim Advocacy Network and my focus was on legislative advocacy and civic engagement, um, electoral engagement, um, I felt that um, this is a very compelling area and I would like to learn more. And I looked around, I found so many impactful organizations doing very important work. Uh, but I wanted to pick the League of Women Voters of Indiana because I knew that it has been around for a hundred years and that we can learn a lot from its journey. And as we all know, when we learn from the history, we are better prepared for the future. Um, we hopefully avoid any pitfalls and uh, we can copy and emulate all the accomplishments and, and successes that we uh, were able to um, accomplish in the last, you know, in the last hundred years. So. Uh, this is why I picked this specific topic. And, um, you know, I hope I will be able to uncover a lot of interesting historical facts um, that will provide a roadmap for um, fledging uh, uh, civic engagement organizations or even well-established organizations mm -hmm. who are looking for models uh, to get inspired from. Mm -hmm. I have to ask this as, you know, a person who's grown up in America my whole life. I I studied political science in undergrad, so I have some grounding in the political systems, as you mentioned, in history. Um, but since you have this unique perspective of studying America when you lived in Jordan, and again, you're coming back and doing that after you've been here uh, for some time, what, what do you think is 
if not the most misunderstood thing about America? What What's something that people tend to misunderstand about this country? Good or bad? Like they see America in one light, but it's actually this way. What's something that's misunderstood? Yeah, as a as an immigrant um, who came here to the U.S., really um, excited and grateful for the democracy uh, that you can find here, for the uh, freedoms that um, the Constitution has given us. Um, I have appreciated a lot of um, moments. In those 20 years, uh, when I was, you know, when I am able to pray five times a day um, as any other Muslim around the globe, um, I I feel that um, my freedom of religion is protected. And at the same time, we hear of incidents um uh, you know around the country of mosques being attacked and other places of worships where uh, where some you know um worshipers get shot while they are practicing um their constitutional rights um so these paradoxes sometimes get to me um but i i still feel that um we can as a community as a nation um come to better terms uh with our constitutional rights and uh make sure that we uh uphold them um to what the four founding fathers aspired us um, to do. Mm. What does that process look like of coming to terms? Does it require dialogue? Like what are are some ways to get there? I think it has to be a, um, we need need a holistic approach uh, to be able to come to terms and embrace that the American society is made up of a lot of communities, whether they are racial, religious, um, marginalized, uh, socially, uh, whatever you can think of. The melting pot that I learned about 20 years ago, I don't think it is the case here in the United States. And I don't think this is the strength of the U.S. Actually, I would like to see a a salad bowl instead Mm -hmm. with unique um, and distinct um, uh, items in that bowl, Uh, you know, as an immigrant, one of the one of the challenges that I faced is um, integration versus assimilation. Mm-hmm. 
And I believe this is a, a decision and a process that immigrants need to go through uh, to make sure that um, they, fi they find their identity, they remain true to themselves, um, and whether they want to assimilate completely with the, with the American society. Um, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer for us, for, you know, for our family, we decided to integrate versus assimilate. Um, and um, this integration will make that salad bowl more unique mm. and strong and rich. Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, it's it's a decision that immigrants need to make and the mainstream America as well uh, need to accept, embrace, um, tolerate um, and welcome. Yes. Right. Finding unity through our diversity, through our amazing differences. Yeah, that's I love that you said that. Thank you. Um, Heba, I'd love to take a journey back through time, um, or maybe not. This this first question kind of can be the coalescence of everything, um, so I'll let you interpret it. Um, I want to simply ask, right now in 2023, where do you consider your home? Um, I believe home is where your heart is. Um, and my heart right now in 2023 is definitely here uh, in Indiana. Um, I love my community. Um, I have grown roots here. I saw my, um, I have seen my kids growing here, uh, thriving. Um, uh, the community um, has been growing. Um, I, I feel that there is some diversity even uh, growing over time. I'm happy to say that as an immigrant, um, it has been a journey uh, of coming to peace um, on how we're going to be spending the next um, decades. And I feel that this is home. Um, one of the giants of the uh, Arab American uh, community once said, your home is not where you were born. Your home is where you're gonna be buried. Mm. And I totally agree with that statement. Um, immigrants, stay connected, understandably and rightfully, with their um, native homes. Uh, but it's imperative that they start thinking about um, their future, um, where they're going to be uh, spending the rest of their lives, uh, giving back to that community, uh, making sure that community thrives uh, with time. Um, so yeah, um, that's that's a long answer. 
uh, to that question, but I believe my heart uh, uh, is here and my home is here. Yeah, definitely. It's it's a complex question, right? Like things evolve and um, our lives go in so many different directions. So yeah, that's, and thank you. That's an amazing quote. Um, we can maybe after this find who said it. I'd love to include it. Um, I just remembered, uh, it's the late Maher Hathout. Uh, he's one of the founding um, of the uh, Arab community here in the U.S. Mm. Uh, he has been uh, vital to the um, growth and, uh, uh, you know, the thriving of the community. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, I'll have to research him. Do you, does he have any books or... <laughs> Resources? I'll search. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll search and uh, forward you. I think he um, he lived in California, not necessarily in Indiana, but, uh, you know, we believe as an Arab community, you know, nationwide, uh, he has been very well known um, uh, in different states. So, you know, that quote definitely... Um, stayed with me. Mm. Thank you. So as you mentioned today, 2023 Hiba, Indianapolis is your home. You've grown a family here, built your career here. At one point um, in your early life, Amman, the capital of Jordan was your home. Um, what do you remember about it the most? Um. When I left Amman, uh, it was, relatively speaking, a smaller city. Mm. Um, and uh, still, I still remember the, you know, it had that hustle and bustle of the city. Um, it does not sleep at night, mm. especially in this, at summer nights. Um, people... Um, are kind. Um, it's um, it's a great place to be if you are uh, you know you enjoy Arab food, Arabic food. Um, it's uh, you know it's the place with a lot of lot of fond memories for sure. Is Aman where you met your husband, Mohammed? Yes, it is actually. Uh, we met while we um, both went to uh, University of Jordan. He was in medical school. I was in the liberal arts um, uh, school, and um, we met uh, through my cousin. Uh, my husband was my cousin's friend, and uh, that uh, relationship um thrived uh, into a serious one, and we got married before uh, immigrating to the U.S. Mm. Who, where did the idea of immigrating to the U.S., where did that begin? My husband is very ambitious, and he's very passionate about medicine. So he knew that his um, education were not going to stop after you know, finishing uh, medical school um, in Jordan. So um, he sat for the um, 
USMLE tests, and uh, uh, he was able to secure a spot at um, Cleveland Clinic, Ohio, and uh, this is how it all started. Yeah, <laughs> I love. I'd love to ask a question. It might be a tricky one, but I'm going to ask it because I think it's important. How did you feel when you know your husband proposed this idea of? ambitiously moving to a new place, um, leaving, you know, the, the beautiful city you described, what was going through your head when that happened? Definitely excitement. Um, you know, the new possibilities, um, um, just starting, um, a new life in a new place. Um, I am the, uh, um, only daughter for my family. I have one brother as well. We're a very mm. small family. So um, I can comfortably say that there has been as well some conflicting emotions because I'm excited on one hand and on, on the other hand, it was not easy to mm. leave my family behind. Um, but I trusted uh, Muhammad and I knew that um, it's the right move uh, for our future. Um, as you know, immigrants make that tough decision to leave uh, their loved ones, to leave the, uh, you know, home, you know, home countries where they, where they grew up um, to seek higher education. Um, for economic mobility, for a variety of reasons. Um, and we were one of those immigrants who decided to take that leap of, of faith. And, um, the, the, you know, when we, we look at the globalization and immigration in general, I know that, um, Humanity is transient, uh, uh, transient more than we think it right. is. Um, so just participating <laughs> in that process. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a leap of faith and um, mm. no regrets. Place is made possible by the Indianapolis Foundation Library Fund through a grant to the Indianapolis Public Library Foundation. So you still have family in Jordan. Do you visit them often? Yes. yes. Um, and actually, I try my best to visit every summer um, just to make sure um, you know, we spend quality time with them and for the for my children to uh, create that bond with um, the grandparents, with the cousins, uh, with the culture, with the language, um, you, you name it. Um, and uh, luckily, over the years, they um, grew to appreciate those trips. Uh, they grew to look forward um, to those trips. Um, so, um, I'm, I'm glad that, um, that, you know, traveling for 
12 hours uh, straight flight with with little kids paid off <laughs> uh, later on. Um, yeah, I, I'm glad that we were able to plant that seed early on. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. I I'd love to take a I don't know look at look at the metaphors again. Look at the big lessons from all of this. Um, what does the word home mean to you? Like when you decide to call a place home, what feelings, ideas that does that represent to you? Um, home is where you find the comfort, the warmth, mm-hmm. uh, where you find loved ones waiting for you. Um, home is where you um, decide to grow roots. Uh, where you check on your neighbors and you know that they are looking after you as well, uh, where the the community is um, connected and uh, welcoming to you as an individual, as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, It's, it's where you decide to um, build a future. I think immigrants are always faced with that decision um, to make, you know, to make that intention that we need to work really hard mm-hmm. to grow roots and build a future here and become part of the community and the social fabric. It's a commitment. It sounds like you're saying. It is a commitment. Absolutely. Um, It's a commitment. um, And I believe if you don't have that intention, if you don't make that commitment, things will will be not as easy for you. For instance, um, immigrants need to um, learn a new language, not necessarily in all cases, but in most cases, you need to learn a new language, a new system, a new culture. Um, You need to um, start understanding the social cues um it's um it's you know it's definitely different back mm. home for anyone you know uh whether you're coming from the from asia from the middle east from europe um even from australia um society you know e- each region each country has its own culture and society and uh, moving to a new place, starting from scratch, uh, you definitely need to invest. Absolutely. To make an investment um, uh, uh, over time uh, in learning the new ropes of the system, of the culture, so that um, you become relatively speaking part of it. You participate in it. and you know you add uh, some richness to it. Mm. 
like you mentioned, I can only imagine the unspoken rules, the cultural adjustments. That's, I imagine that might be the more challenging part. Yes. Yeah. 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 I still remember the early lessons, um, the different cultural aspects um, and, you know, not necessarily saying that um, we did not have them in our culture, but we translated things Mm. differently. So coming here, um, for instance, using yes, please, and no, thank you, um, was one of the first lessons that I learned uh, because you know, I read so many English books. I uh, had some of the language down, <laughs> but it's different to be um, emerged in the culture. And now you have to navigate your way around um, and um, uh, speak the same language, mm-hmm. code and code. Right. Okay. I'd love to ask what kind of food and or drink feels like home to you when you consume it. Oh my. (laughs) (laughs) And Um, I know you love food from the documentary. Yeah. So I have high expectations for this answer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, I, I myself like to cook. Um, I like to, um, have those adventures <laughs> in the kitchen. Uh, still, I think my favorite um, are the ones that my mom uh, and my mother-in-law uh, prepare. Um, every time we go back, I try to make them here as well, but I don't think they taste the same. <laughs> um, I can name, you know, I can give you a long list, but um on the top of that list, I would drink um, the stuffed grape leaves. It's a favorite in my household. Uh, I love it. Um, it's not easy to prepare, but it's worth every sweat. <laughs> I believe it. Um, and, um, you know, a lot of authentic um dishes just like um the authentic um jordanian dish it's called mensaf um it's rice and lamb and sour dried yogurt mm. uh it may not sound as good as it does it's, oh no mouth watering <laughs> it sounds so good <laughs> Uh, another another um, crowd pleaser at my household for sure. Uh, we love um, the Middle Eastern desserts, especially the kunafe, um, which is made out of a um, dough and cheese. Um, it's usually um, drenched in sweet um, uh, syrup um, and better served hot Mm. and enjoyed with uh, mint tea. So um, yeah, it just sounds like a feast right there. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's always um, like, 
it feels like a celebration when we make those dishes mm. and have them as a family um, and enjoy them with friends. You mentioned earlier that you've loved to see how Indianapolis has grown in diversity and the number of opportunities it offers. Yeah. Do you have any restaurant recommendations where people can find authentic food of this kind? Absolutely. Um, on Mass Avenue, there's Petra Cafe, mm. um, and they have um, fantastic falafel, uh, which is a vegan um, dish. Uh, it's it, You can have the falafel in a sandwich. You can have them um, um, as an appetizer. They're really good. And um, Petra Cafe has other uh, great dishes as well. In Broad Ripple, uh, there's Sahara Cafe. Um, really great um, food uh, you can find there. In the greater Indianapolis area, there is um, Fairuz Cafe. Um, there's Papa Fatouche as well. Those restaurants are all... Middle Eastern, they are, uh, they serve fantastic quality of food. Uh, we enjoy uh, going there frequently. Uh, whenever I don't feel like cooking uh, that authentic food, we seek those opportunities and uh, visit them. Mm. Several to add to my list. I've, yeah. I've been to Bosphorus and Fletcher Place. Yeah. On was probably my first real experience with Arab food and it it was so good. <laughs> I bet. I yeah. bet. It was yeah. Great. Well, thank you for the recommendations. Of course. Next, and this one's close to the food, but I want to say first it does not have to be food in your answer. What smells remind you of home? Mm. Um, whenever I go back to Amman, uh, during the summers, I enjoy the jasmine flower scent in the streets of Amman, because a lot of houses like to plant uh, jasmine trees. And the, um, crisp summer nights and you know the the air filling um uh you know that smell and that scent is just what um fills the air um it's just it's just so refreshing um so i would i would definitely yeah go back to get more of of those moments mm. All right, do you, I don't, I don't know, even know if this is possible in Indiana, but have you tried growing jasmine or do you garden it at all? I do garden. I did not look into um, planting a jasmine tree here in Indiana. I know that the climate um, in the Middle East has, um, you know, milder uh, um, summers and milder winters. Right. Um, so um, definitely I'm intrigued to look into that. 
Yeah. We'll see if a jasmine tree will survive. <laughs> I know, <laughs> yeah. It's questionable. And I'm nowhere. I'm not a master gardener by any means. Just know. out of curiosity. Yeah. No. Well, are there any local places you like to visit that can help remind you of home? If you're ever missing it, where do you like to go? Mm. Well, um, in addition to the um, restaurants where the food uh, really reminds us of home, I would uh, probably venture out to um, Chicago or Detroit mm. uh, to seek the, um, you know, in, in Detroit, Dearborn for sure. And in Chicago, um, there are different pockets for the um, Arab community. One of them is Bridgeview. It's uh, it's wonderful just to see um, the signs written in Arabic, <laughs> the, the store signs. Um, I believe here in Indiana, the 38th Street um, is a wonderful place that has um, great, um, uh, diverse, uh, uh, you know, restaurants and stores. So I would definitely add that to the list. Um, I would head there and um, enjoy what uh, the international uh, market area has to offer. Uh, there are even um, a number of signs written in different languages. Right. Yeah. From all over the world. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, it's, it's amazing. It is amazing. It speaks to the um, growing diversity of um, the different communities here in, in Indiana. And um, I hope that, um, that, you know, the, the businesses um, on that street continue to grow and thrive uh, because we definitely need um uh, the outlet, um, whether it is for immigrants or for um, Hoosiers at large who would like to experience uh, what immigrants' community um, communities have to offer. Mm. Couldn't agree more. In the, in the vein of continuing to learn, to educate ourselves, to meet more people um, from diverse cultures, do you have a book or resource you would recommend to help our listeners understand um, anything that we've talked about, the Arab experience in the United States, Jordan? What would you recommend? Yeah, well, um, we hinted to the documentary uh, earlier. I would like to um tell you guys that I have been reading the Arab Indianapolis book. Um, by Professor Edward Curtis IV. Um, it's a wonderful research that uncovers the stories of the um, Arab immigrants uh, from the early 1800s, um, choosing Indianapolis um, as home, um, you know, growing roots, um, even starting new businesses. Uh, uh, taking part in social clubs and uh, uh, just uh, reflecting back on the journey. Here we are in 2023. Um, immigrants keep coming, 
And, um, you know, the same story um, continues. Um, uh, you know, we grow roots and uh, make sure that um, um, we are part, an integral part of, of our communities. Thank you. We'll be sure to link to the documentary and yeah. the book because we're the library and we want people to be connected to these resources. Yeah. Um, it's so important that we keep educating. I'm speaking to the listeners um, that we keep educating ourselves. Yeah. Um, because as you mentioned, what people, including myself until very recently, don't realize is that Indianapolis has a long history of um, Arab influence, of Arab immigrants building community um, in our city and impacting it back to the 1800s, as you said, um, given your involvement in local organizations that have sought to give more visibility and more of a voice um, to Arab um, Americans, to Muslim Americans, what, what is your goal in that work in 2023 or what, what should be a goal of the community um, as we move into the new year? The community has been um, very active, uh, and I have to uh, specify, you know, from my experience with the Indiana Muslim Advocacy Network and the different involvements with the Muslim community. Um, I'm happy to say that the Muslim community is very active in building a strong voice uh, for them in the in Indiana. Um, we have um, different, uh, we have Muslim communities in different pockets across the state. And we, the, the community in the greater Indianapolis um, area is in contact and in conversation with those um, smaller communities to make sure that we are um, all united. Um, in our efforts, uh, making sure that uh, whether it is raising awareness about um, our um, legislative agenda, raising awareness about our existence as a community, uh, making sure that people um, uh, understand um, that um, tolerance and um, acceptance um, goes a long way in building a stronger community uh, for Hoosiers at large. Um, we build collaborations uh, and we build partnerships and we stand in solidarity with other marginalized uh, communities uh, just to make sure that we get each other's yeah. back um, and make sure that um, we um, stand uh, together uh, united uh, against hate if mm. it does exist. Mm. Um, so, you know, these are the goals, um, the short-term goals that we have as a community, as individuals. Um, and I believe, um, it's a, it's part of a um, a national wave. Um, the fact that um, many 
Muslim Americans are running for um, office um, speaks to the um, this civic engagement and the um, commitment that Muslims are making uh, to uh, get their voice heard and to be part of the uh, conversations. Uh, they, they are um, at the table, at, you know, they exist at the um, holes of power. Mm-hmm. So I believe what's happening locally at the grassroots level is, um, and, and, you know, is mirroring what's happening uh, on the national level. And uh, it's refreshing to know that the Muslim community um, in Indianapolis is as active and uh, builds bridges and we, you know, out, make sure with the outreach uh, efforts to other communities, um, uh, to you know, to stand in solidarity in different mm. ways. Absolutely. Well, Hiba, it was a pleasure speaking with you, meeting with you. Um, I really look forward to reading your research when that becomes available um, and continuing to follow your work in the Indianapolis community. Um, again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Erica. So such a pleasure to um, meet you, to be part of this uh, series. And uh, I really, really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Hi again, everyone. It's Erica, and you're listening to More Than a Place a podcast brought to you by the Indianapolis Public Library, produced in partnership with Kendall Antron of the Made in Indy podcast. We couldn't tell the unforgettable stories of our community without your support. Thank you for spending your valuable time with us. To keep learning about indie immigrant leaders like Hiba, visit indypl.org slash more than a place.